Welcome to The Bible Speaks with your teacher, Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly program designed to help you in your understanding of God's Word. And now, Audley McLean. Last week we talked about the man named Naaman, who was a captain of the guard of the king of Syria. And he had leprosy. And we talked about how the fact that the little girl went to her mistress and told her that she believed that Naaman could be healed was interesting. Everybody knew that Naaman was a leper because a leper had to live in a separate room, be isolated from the rest of the community and the rest of the court. And so this little girl found out about this problem that her mistress's master had. And he, the king of Israel, the king of Syria, to his credit, was willing to try anything. And I have a feeling the reason he responded so quickly to send Naaman to the land of Israel, I'm going to suggest to you that he had heard of the miracles of Elisha because in Second Kings, before we come to chapter 5, Elisha had already performed many outstanding miracles. And I believe story of, of this, news of this, reached the king's ears. Uh, may I ask you, if it were your life, would there be something noteworthy for somebody around you or in the next town, the next county, the next state, the next village, the other country? What kind of a testimony would you have? And how confident would somebody be about sending someone your way? Well, I believe that the king had heard of what was happening there in the land of Israel. So he quickly made this arrangement for Naaman to go and he sent him with a tremendous amount of material things to get a divine blessing. And he came to uh, the land of Israel and went to the king's palace. And the king got angry. He said, this man is trying to start a fight with me. And he says that he was so upset he tore his garments in expression of his rage about this. And when Elisha, the man of God, heard of the king's outburst and the king's anger, he said in himself, I'm sure, he said, this is something for the glory of God. So he sent a messenger, tell the king, why have you done that? Send him to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. And Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes. He sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and his chariots, and he stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you'll be cleansed. Do you think that Naaman would jump at that. But pride still was rising up with him. After all, he was somebody. And maybe I'm talking to somebody today to whom God has 
sent a message. You've heard the message of salvation that you can come to Christ just as you are, but you want to pay something. You want to be done in a high, high church fashion. I don't know what you want, but Naaman certainly didn't want to go and wash in dirty Jordan, as he called it. But Naaman went away angry. And here's what he said. I thought that he would have surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. That same attitude today prevails. There are people who want deliverance. They want spiritual healing, but they want it the Frank Sinatra way. I did it my way. Well, God says there is no other way for salvation except in Jesus Christ. Jesus said precisely those words. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And over in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, uh, Peter says, there, neither is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So the, this man got angry. Naaman was upset. And then one of his servants said to him, oh, well, listen, listen further, listen further to what Naaman says. Are not Abana and Thapar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went off in a rage. My friend, there are people who have come to the cross and because it's so simple, because it's so priceless, they couldn't pay for it, they've turned their backs upon Jesus Christ. My friend, thank God for one of the servants of Naaman. He says, why are you angry? He went and he said to him, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? How much more then? when he tells you, just wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, and the man of God, had, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is a God, that there is no God in all the world except the God in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, Surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. He wanted to give freely. The Bible says, freely receive, freely gift. The salvation is a gift. You can't pay for it. And I think this story illustrates that. This man who wants to do it his way, realize it is only God's way that works. Oh, you can get rich, you can become a millionaire, a billionaire, you can own the cattle on a thousand hills if you have the money, but my friend, salvation is bigger than that. You see, Nehemiah's healing was of his body, but there is a spiritual disease called sin that permeates human society and Jesus Christ came to set us free from sin because it has consequences. Leprosy has disforming, deforming and disfiguring consequences and deaths ultimately. Sin does the same thing. It makes our lives twisted with undesirable outcomes. The pleasures of sin for a season will 
bring pain that will last for many seasons. And Jesus came to rescue us from the penalty of sin and actually from the power of sin. And remember, we're not talking about a depravity that the world can see. We're talking about something that's deeper and far more subtle. Let's just take a look again at Naaman's situation. Naaman was a man of high caliber, great fame, great prestige. He had great credentials. The story says he was a great man. He was highly regarded, a valiant soldier. Naaman's fault, Naaman's dilemma was subtle and he had no control over it. He couldn't heal himself. Naaman's condition is probably a spiritual reflection of your condition. All looks good on the outside and all of a sudden somebody determines that you're sick. God determines that you're sick, spiritually sick. You know, in the physical realm, many of us are going on day after day and we seem fine, we look fine, but some corrosive disease, some debilitating disease, all of a sudden shows up and within a short time, we're gone, we're cut off. Well, you know, sin, that spiritual disease, has the same kind of impact except it lasts for all eternity. And there is a way of dealing with that sin disease. In the case of Naaman, he had the cooperation of the king, and the king prepared tremendous gifts, expecting to impress somebody to heal Naaman. So he had the wrong preparation. All of the things that he prepared were not part of God's program for Naaman to be healed. And then he sent his servant to the king of Israel. The wrong preparation, the wrong person, the wrong place. And my friend, the same is probably true of many people today. They're trying to drown their sin. They're trying to bore their way out of the tunnel of sin. And they go to a variety of places under all kinds of circumstances. Some go to the witch doctor, some go to the soothsayer, some go to the religious organization that promises in exchange for their gifts to grant them healing and wealth and grant them all these things. My friend, the wrong preparation is an unprepared state of mind, an unprepared heart, a proud heart. And I suggest to you that Naaman, although he was so drastically ill, so terribly sick, when he got to Israel, he was still full of pride. He went to the king's palace, and the king got angry, we recall. And then when the prophet invited him to come, his pride was still being shown. He said, I thought that this man would have come out to me. After all, I'm captain of the host of Syria. And there was no humility. There's no bowing. Salvation comes to you in a package of humility. The Lord Jesus, in order to buy your salvation, 
humbled himself. And there is no way of coming to the cross with all of your pride and with all of the things that Naaman brought. God is not impressed. Salvation isn't available by that means. Salvation is through faith. Salvation is an acknowledgement that I am spiritually bankrupt. I have nothing to offer. And then I come to the God of great salvation who has provided it at great price and gives it away freely. He gone to the wrong place, the wrong person, and he brought the wrong preparation. May I ask you today, have you gone to the wrong person? Have you been working at the wrong places to get your soul free from its bondage? Or have you come to the cross? At the cross, at the cross, there it is, you'll see the light. There's healing in the cross. There's redemption in the cross. The Apostle Paul says that he wanted to know nothing among men except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The bands of sin will be loose when you bow the knee before the Christ of God. Oh, my friend, that sin disease will be healed by the touch of the Master's hand. Jesus says, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And then he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The gift of God is life through faith in Jesus Christ. Today, my mission is to encourage you to come to the end of yourself and in humility and faith embrace the Lord Jesus as your Savior. If you are a Christian, you have the responsibility of disseminating the message of redemption. There are hungry hearts and hurting hearts around you. God help us to see Jesus. In his name, amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.